Good morning. It's wonderful to see you here this morning. And, um, you know, I always get troubled when I um, hear someone ask, is anyone here for the first time? And uh, we don't get to hear that someone's here for the first time. Um, you know, it's a known fact that um, if people get asked to come to church, they will come. The problem is not many people ask them. And so I, I want you to join me in a mission to grow this um, congregation of second service and start asking people to come. I'm going to take it on myself to ask more people. I want you to join me in that and uh, let's grow this congregation. Amen. Now, let me ask you this. Uh, how many of you have come just out of the ritual of coming to church? Or how many are here because you want to hear from God? So uh, that, that's, that's an important, important question. Um, because this morning I feel that I'm carrying the burden of the Lord's word. And, um, I, you know, I trust that you know that when I stand in front of you, and for some of you I've stood in front of you a lot of years, um, that I, I'm, I don't just come having looked for good ideas to speak to you or good ideas for series. I, I pray and I say, God, I want, I want to deliver your word. I want to know that what I'm bringing is the burden of the Lord, the word of the Lord. And um, whereas it's my voice, I want you to hear his voice far above my voice. I want you to hear from God. So we came to the end of the series that was called What If? And we were looking at the fact of the Bible and saying, what if what happened in the Bible happened in here? And um, that series ended last week. But I have a what if that I'm going to ask this morning at the beginning of this uh, very short two-week series that we call Cave Dwellers. And the question I've got this morning for you is this, what if you come out of your cave? What if you come out of your cave? The Lord has laid this burden upon me um, that there are some people who are going to be here today and you're in more trouble than you know. You're in a deeper place of trouble than you realize. In fact, you've drifted to that place and you're there and you, you, you've got comfortable in it and, and, and God has called me to disturb your comfort this morning. And, um, and so as we go to the Word of God, my prayer has been that you will listen to what God is saying to you. I mean that, friends. I have labored before God in prayer, asking God that your hearts will be open to hear his voice because we can close our ears to the voice of God as he seeks to speak to us. And God wants you to hear his voice. He wants you to know he loves you. And he wants to speak to you, I feel, this morning. So the book of the Bible that we're going to is the first book of the Bible, uh, which is the book of Genesis, of course. And there in the book of Genesis, we read a story of a man named Lot, L-O-T, Lot. He was the nephew of a more famous man in the Bible, maybe, by the name of Abraham. And Lot lived in a city that maybe you will recognize when I mention it, it was a city that was a, a two-city name. It was Sodom and Gomorrah. That's where he lived. And actually, it was a wicked city. 
and a wicked city that God was planning to totally destroy. God had put it on his agenda that that city was so wicked, it was going to be wiped out. But, but the Bible says that Lot was a righteous man living in the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. And so it was that God sent angels, I believe angels, came right to where he was and told him, you need to get out of this city with all your family because God is going to totally destroy it. Well, Lot made the right decision to get out of the city before the destruction happened. However, on the way out, his wife, who really didn't want to leave the city, his wife, who was reluctantly following, the Bible says that she looked back, and as she looked back, the Bible says she was turned into a pillar of salt, which totally brought new meaning to every meal that they had after that when anyone said, pass the salt. Now, seriously, Lot, in seeing this happen to his wife, he began to question his decision to leave. He got discouraged and depressed and afraid. And the Bible says he found a cave in the mountains at a place called Zoar, and he stayed there and got drunk. That's what it says, Genesis chapter 19. I know there were circumstances behind him getting drunk, but the fact was he would never have allowed that to happen in his right frame of mind. But you see, in his mind, the whole world was caving in and he was scared and worried and defeated and now he was giving up. You need to know this, friends, that you won't be a Christian long before you will find the devil will seek to drive you into a cave. And then throughout your Christian life, it will be that there will be moments where the devil will see a weakness and he will drive you into a cave. He will seek to drive you into a place of isolation. Did you know that disappointment will drive you into a cave of fear? And did you know that fear itself will drive you into a cave? Did you know that someone who says that fear, fear is false evidence appearing real? Fear is a place, it's a dark room where we develop our negatives. Did you know that fear paralyzes us from the purpose of God for our lives? Fear will suck the joy out of you and it will blur your vision for living for a powerful God. It will be that fear will drive you to a place where now all your joy is sucked out of you and you're now in a place living lower than where God wants you to be. Not long after you become a Christian, the devil will seek to steer you into a cave. Now listen to me, please, listen to me as a pastor who loves you. I want to tell you that it's a dangerous place to get into a cave of isolation. It's a dangerous place. The devil loves it. He loves it when you are disappointed. He loves it when you're depressed. He loves it when you're lonely and when you're discouraged. And he wants to drive you into hiding. 
you read on through the Bible, you find that caves are mentioned many times. It tells us sometimes that whenever it was that Israel, the people of God, were in trouble or started losing against their enemies, that they would run to the caves of the mountains. They would run and hide in the caves of the mountains. It seems to me that it's the normal reaction of people in trouble. We look for a place to hide. To many, even here today, you could be here using Riverside as a cave that you're hiding in. Something has gone wrong in another church. Something has gone wrong somewhere else. And the Riverside Cave seems a good place to hide for a while. See, friends, we may not run into literal caves, but there are caves of depression and there are caves of fear. There are caves of emotional upset. There are caves of defeat. There are caves of loneliness. There are caves of of doubt, self-doubt, and inferiority. So many caves. You may be even shocked right now because I'm talking about your cave. You know exactly what I'm talking about because it's a cave to you right now. See, caves are places of isolation that we drift into. They're dangerous also because they become places that now we drift back to the stuff that God once delivered us from. Lot got drunk. Whatever the circumstances behind it, Lot got drunk. He would never have got drunk in his righteous state If it wasn't for the place that he was in, the depression he was in, the woundedness that he was in. But the fact was that now he was not only in the cave, he drifted back to the stuff that God had delivered him from in the past. He went right back to the stuff that God got him out of and he was now drunk in a cave. Would never have allowed that to happen if it wasn't for the fact of his depressed, sad, fearful and lonely state, in his downtime and his depressed time, he drifted back into the stuff he'd been delivered from. I hate the devil, friends. I hate the devil with all my might because he tries to do that to us. He not only tries to put us into a place of isolation, but he takes us back into the stuff that, that, that once we were delivered from, stuff that he's got us out of. And he tries to do it with us all. There's no one in this room that is exempt from this. The devil is out to isolate and he's out now to bring about a a total backsliding into the things that once you did, that once you were delivered from. I hate the devil for that. Now quickly, I want to tell you of two great dangers about caves. To do that, I need to tell you a couple of stories. I'll tell you this first story to illustrate what I'm talking about here, about the dangers of caves. This story is found in the book of Joshua, chapter 10. And in that story, Joshua and the children of Israel, the armies of Israel, if you will, had defeated five nations uh, that had come up against them. They had absolutely driven them back. Joshua got to hear that the five kings of these five nations had run together into a cave. 
And so Joshua made the command that a large stone be rolled over the door of the cave. And so they were now sealed inside the cave. You read it in Joshua 10, 18. Listen, friends. If you hide in a cave long enough, it will become your prison. The fact was that they were now locked into that cave. Now, let me tell you something. I, I know what it is to be hurt. I, I know what it is to feel rejected. I, I know what it is to get lonely and depressed. I know about these things. Hey, you haven't got to be a pastor long before all this stuff comes against you. But it's Satan's desire to take that hurt and, and to take that rejection and that fear and that hurt and that depression and now take us into a place of isolation. And if we don't deal with it, listen, if we don't deal with it, if we don't run to God with it, that hiding place will become a prison to us. It will now bar the way for any movement forward into the things of God or anything that God wants for us. But not only that, there's a second disaster that happens in this story. And it is this, that in verse 27, it says that there, it came to a moment that Joshua opened up that prison. He rolled the stone away from that cave. And I know it's gruesome, friends, but he went in and he took those five kids, those five kings, and he took off their heads and then threw their bodies back in the cave and rolled the stone in front of the cave again. And that cave that had been a prison now became a grave. Hey, listen, this is the second thing. If we stay in that cave long enough, it will become a grave to us. If you carry that hurt spirit long enough, it will now become a spiritual grave to you. If it is that you carry that hurt attitude long enough, it will become a spiritual grave to you. If we carry unforgiving spirit long enough, it will become a spiritual grave to us. If we carry that unforgiving attitude long enough, it will become a spiritual grave to us. If we carry that depressed spirit long enough, it will become a spiritual grave to us. A depressed attitude will become a spiritual grave to us if we keep it there long enough. Carrying these things will create a grave to our future plans. It will be a grave that will now be a grave to our destiny and our purpose for being alive. You know, Pastor Joe told us that everyone's born with a destiny, a purpose. And I believe that with all my heart. But the fact is, friends, if you get into a cave that becomes a prison and now becomes a grave, your future destiny, what God made you for, what God gifted you for, what God put his hand upon you for, what God delivered you from, uh, for, uh, because he had great plans for your future. Now it will be that those things will be dead in the water, friends. So listen, today is not a day to run to our caves. It's a day to stand true to our faith and to our calling. Let me say that again, friends. It's a day to stand true to our faith and to our calling. The hand of God.
God has been upon you. You know, Moses, Moses was another great man of God in the Bible. And he went one day out and he saw an Egyptian soldier really mistreating a Hebrew slave. And he went to the defense of the slave. Well, in the scuffle, Moses actually killed the guy. He killed the Egyptian. And when he saw what he had done, the Bible says that he ran into a desert place. And some versions of the Bible puts it, and he found a cave uh, to hide in. Now listen, get this. He was there for 40 years. So he found a cave to hide in, and he was there for 40 years. When I read that again, friends, I went, can you believe that? 40 wasted years. 40 years in the backside of a desert, caved up. You know what happened? After a while, the cave became comfortable. It had a safe feeling about it. And he lived there, and the Bible says he became a shepherd. That's a good job to have. The only problem was he was not called by God to be a shepherd of sheep. He was called by God to be a leader of God's people. And now he was doing what God did not call him to do. He was called to be a leader of God's people. The destiny of God was on him to lead God's people. Oh, listen, he even had a measure of success in his life. He got well off, but he became comfortable. And in his comfort, he was missing his calling and his destiny. He gave up on his call. He gave up on his dream. He gave up on his destiny. And he lost his purpose for living. He became content. Now, you need to know that contentment is a dangerous word for Christians. The moment we get content, the moment that we're backing off, the moment that we are cooling down, the moment when we are stepping back, the moment when we are not serving anymore, the moment when we're thinking, I will attend church, but that's all. And we just get content in being religious and doing the religious thing. When we get to the place of saying, let someone else do it, I've done it for long enough. When we get to the place of saying, let someone else fight the battle, let someone else stand in the gap, you're in a dangerous place of contentment. While Moses was settled, contented, snug in his cave, but just before it became his grave, God sent fire to him. Oh, you know the story maybe. He was out one day and he saw a bush that was burning, but although it was burning, it was not consumed. It, it was full of fire, but it wasn't getting consumed. And it got his attention and he went over. It was miraculous. But I want to tell you that fire changed his life. That fire and the voice of God that came from that fire got him back where God wanted him to be. 
God sent me here today to say to you, you have to come out of your cave. God has sent me here to say to you, as loud as I can say it, and somebody said to me in first service, your veins were up this morning. (laughs) It's always a good sign of anointing, friends, when my veins are up. (laughs) Listen, listen, God is speaking to you Wherever you are, if you're hiding under the balcony or if you're in the balcony or if you're down here in the congregation, just sitting in your normal place because that's the comfort place for you. God has sent me to say, you've got to come out of your cave. You've got to come back to where God wants you to be. Some of you are in a cave of failure. You feel that you've failed. Listen. God never sees you as a failure. You're sons and daughters. You're daughters and sons of the living God. Some are in caves of sadness. Some are in caves of hurt. Some some are in caves of an unforgiving spirit. Come out of it in the name of Jesus because God has greater things for you in the future, higher things for you. That cave that the devil wants to make a prison for you. That cave that the enemy wants to make a grave to you. Hey, listen. When I read the Bible, I find this. That caves made into graves are emptied of their occupants when Jesus turns up. Oh, oh yeah, I, I tell you. In John's Gospel, chapter 11... And a guy named Lazarus was bound hand and foot in grave clothes, laid in a grave. He'd been dead for nearly a week. But then Jesus showed up in a cemetery. And he shouted, Lazarus, come out. And you know, someone said, Jesus had to use the name Lazarus because if he just said, come out, every, every grave would have opened and everyone would have come out. But he shouted, Lazarus, come out. And that's exactly what he did, even though he'd been dead for nearly a week. The fact was that Jesus called him back to life. And I believe I'm here today in the name of Jesus Christ and the authority of the word of God to call you out of your grave You know you've been in that cave so long, it's become a grave to you. Now come out in Jesus' name. I don't know whether you know this, but Christianity's most basic foundation is not only that Jesus died on the cross, but that he rose again from the dead after three days of being dead. The fact was that he was put into a cave Stone rolled to the door. But I want to tell you, after three days, there was a shaking that happened. And that door, that, that, that stone was rolled away and Jesus came out alive. How many are glad this morning that Jesus is alive? Hey, listen. What we're going to do right now, I, I don't want you to get the notion that this is over. It's not. But we're going to have a praise break right now, right? Now, now I, as I was studying this, as I was praying this through, a new song came my way. And I, and I couldn't believe what the words were. It was a, such a fantastic song. So I asked the team if they would sing it. And they're going to sing it for us right now. But 
You're all going to have to stand up, all right? Let me ask you this question. How many how many have got really excited in church before? Oh, now. <laughs> you know, it's easy to clap, isn't it? Oh, I mean, you got so excited, you may have danced your feet, you know, and jumped. Yeah? I want to ask you something. Why is that something of the past and not of now? How many believe? How many believe that Jesus has saved you, delivered you, set you free? Oh, yeah. How many know that's something to get excited about? Now, we're going to sing this a couple of times. And, and as we sing it, the first time it's a new song, you'll be getting used to it. After that, you'll know it, and then you've really got to sing it, all right? Now, this is what I want you to do. I want you to feel free. If you want to come up on the front or out in the aisle and just move your feet a little bit, you know, you'll find it's a liberating thing. All right, come out of your grave. All right, come on. Let's sing it.
say you acted a lot better than first service I told them they looked like a load of Presbyterians God bless the Presbyterians but you were moving a little bit I really want this truth to drop from here to here I want you to be so excited about the fact he called your name. <laughs> Turn to the one next to you and say, my name is, and he called my name. Tell the one next to you, my name is, and he called my name. My name's John, and he called my name. <laughs> Hallelujah. Shout this out. He called my name. Shout it out. He. And again, come on, shout it out. Come on, let's sing it again. Lift it up. Lift it up. Come on, let's go for it.
Just thank God for this great team, will you? Now sit down, I'm not finished. Whew. I've done that in two services. Anyone want some? Come here. Over. I'm going to put a verse up on the screen. Laddie's, Laddie's looking at me as if, did he really just do that? Yeah. I'm going to put a verse on the screen. I want you to read it with me. I want you to read it out loud with me. It's a very important verse from Romans chapter 8. So we can put that verse up, all right? After 3, 1, 2, 3. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to my mortal body through his spirit who dwells in me. Now, now you know what that's saying, friends. It's saying that if we claim that we have the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ, if we claim that we have the anointed spirit of Holy Spirit in us, it, it means, it's got slippery up here now, <laughs> It means that, that, that now I can walk in the Spirit. I can now find the Spirit of God working through me and causing me to be more than I could ever do on my own. It means, it means my life was dead in sin, but now I'm alive in Jesus. And if His Spirit dwells in me, if Holy Spirit dwells in me, I am now quickened to be all that God wants me to be. 
Oh, I tell you, friends, you've got to come out of your cave. Hey, thank God that through Jesus, he's saved us. Through Jesus, he's freed us. Through Jesus, he has brought Holy Spirit to empower us and to overcome temptation of sin in our lives. Now, I feel there are a lot of people who have drifted into this place of isolation. May have been a past hurt. Maybe you've been through divorce and you feel it's over. May have been through hurts by deceit and lies that were spoken to you and you've been hurt so, so deeply. It may be that you're gripped by a spirit of sorrow. You've lost a loved one or you've lost a relationship. Something has happened and you're gripped by a spirit of sorrow that never seems to lift. It may be, it may be that you've caved in and now it has been so long you've got used to it and now God is waking you up this morning and saying, no, that's not where I want you to be. You've been watching... You're watching this online. It could be that you're watching this online because you're not going to church anymore. You've given up on church because you say the church has hurt you. And I, I'm not going to apologize for any church. I'll tell you, no church building can hurt you. It's only people that hurt you. And, and I am sorry for the way that we, we do deal with one another sometimes. But the fact is this, that God says you can't remain in that isolation. And by the power of the name of Jesus and the power of Holy Spirit, I say to you who are watching online, who say you're through with church, you quit church, I come against that in the name of Jesus Christ. I bind that lying spirit in the name of Jesus. I say you are missing your destiny and your calling. You need to get back where God wants you to be. Maybe it is that you're here and you failed in handling your money and um, you lost that job and you didn't get the job that you applied for and, and the lie of the devil comes and imprisons you that you're a total failure. That is an absolute lie from the pit of hell because Jesus never sees his daughters and sons as failures. He sees them as his children. And God's desire for everyone here today is that you will live in the center of the will of God. Hey, listen to me, listen to me. There is no place on earth that is as safe as the center of God's will. Hey, it may be, it may be that you, 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 you are in this place and you're in the will of God and there's, there's things happening around you that are difficult and hard and your life may be at risk. But I want to tell you, if you're in the center of the will of God, it is still the safest place on earth in the center of God's will. And God, God says, God says, hey, listen, you may be in the center of God's will, will, working in a factory, working in a hospital, working wherever God has put you. But if you're anywhere where God has not put you, and it's not the will of God, that is an unsafe place. It may be comfortable, but it's unsafe. And God is saying, I want you back in the center of my will. I didn't call you and put my hand upon you for you to drift into a cave and now become isolated and cut off. God says, I want you out of that cave. It, it may be that there are some here today and, 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 and the fact is that you're in that cave 
And, and I'm come to, I, the words I had was, come out, come out wherever you are. In the name of Jesus, come out of that cave. Take the grave clothes off. See, I thought of Lazarus, and I said this a few weeks ago, but I say it again. Friend. When Lazarus was in that cave, he was bound hand and foot, top to bottom in grave clothes. And Jesus called him and says, Lazarus, come out. Well, friends, the only way he could get out was hopping. But he did it. He came out when Jesus told him to come out. And Jesus says, take the grave clothes off him and let him go free. Hey, listen, friends. You've got to do something when Jesus calls your name. When Jesus calls you out of your cave. It may be you're carrying an unforgiving spirit. You've said, I'm not trusting anyone again. Never opening my life to anyone again. And you're carrying an unforgiving spirit. It's going to imprison you. And it will kill your future for God. Get out of that cave. Forgive. You know, some time ago I had a lady come to me and she said, Pastor, I need you to forgive me. And I said, well, I don't know what it is, but I'll forgive you. And then she told me the story. She said, 25 years ago, can you get that? 25 years ago, I was told by someone that you said this, this, and this, and this. And she said, this week I found out that you never said this, and this, and this, and this at all. That was a lie, she told me. But I've carried 25 years of unforgiveness against you because of that. Do you know what I said to her? I said, well, I want to tell you, for all of the 25 years you've been, been, been locked up in that unforgiveness, I've been as free as a bird. I said, it's not affected me at all because I, I, I said, I didn't even know you had unforgiveness. And some of you are carrying unforgiveness and, and the people that you're not forgiven, they don't know a thing about it. They are living free while you are bound up. And the time has come for you to say, I'm getting out of this cave. Now, maybe you've got to write a letter or you make a phone call or you've got to text or you've got to go and see someone and say, look, I've carried this unforgiving spirit, but you need to let that unforgiveness go. It's killing you. You need to let it go. And then there are those who are in caves of addiction, drugs, drink, or prescription drugs. Jesus set you free and you went back to it maybe. And you feel you're never going to be free. I call you out in the name of Jesus Christ. On the authority of the word of God, I'm breaking that spiritual lie of the devil that says you'll never be free. This morning, you will be set free in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus said in that chapter about Lazarus, he was questioned about his ability to raise people from the dead. And he said in verse 25, 26 of John 11, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. 
and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Jesus is speaking about the fact that you can have life given back to you for your time on earth as well as eternity sealed for you in heaven. It is, he's saying, if you believe in me, if you trust me, if you put your full trust in me, then I am going to give you life on earth and I'm going to give you eternal life. And some of you, you know you've got eternal life, but right now you're living in a morgue of a life. You're living in death because you've been caved up and separated and the devil has bound your spirit up. God says, I want you out of that cave. So in a moment here, we're going to go out with that song again. And um, I, I want you to get that song. You know, that's got a chorus of a song. I call it a, a song worm. You know what I mean? You get that song that goes into your head and you can't get it out. I want this to get into your head. That's why we're going to sing it again in a minute. I want as you walk through this week to say, you call my name and brought me out of that grave. Now, those of you here this morning who I have been speaking to, you know that I've been speaking to you. And you know that you've been caved up. Maybe you've just got isolated. You're in the cave of isolation. It's not yet become a prison, but you, you know it's going that way if you don't stop it. And then there's others that say, I'm in a prison. I know God's got more for me, but I don't seem to be able to get out of this. Well, I want to tell you that God's going to set you free this morning, but there's some here. You've been in that unforgiveness so long. You've been in that unforgiving spirit so long. You've been in that hurt so long. You've been in that depression so long. You've been in that spirit of, of, of uh, hurt so long that, that it's become a grave to you. You can't move on. You can't move on. The Lord is saying to me right now, there's someone who got into a hurt situation a few months ago and it's still binding you up because you've not left it. You've prayed about it, but it's not gone. God says the devil has put a spiritual hold on you that needs broken. I want to tell you, friends, I'm nobody. I'm only a, a, just one of you. I'm just a pastor here, but I'm one of you. I'm a Christian. But I know this, the authority of God's upon me today, and I will break that spirit off you in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, now, I, I need you to be honest. I had a guy come in my office this week, and I talked to him about numbers of things. And it was evident that he had to go to someone and put something right. And he said, oh, I can't do that. I, I'm scared of what they'll think about me. I said to him, you've got to sink your filthy, stinking pride and do what I'm telling you or you will not be free. By the way, the guy came to me after first service and said, I went and I'm absolutely free. Now, it's a condition of you coming out of that cave. I see... See, Jesus says, Lazarus, come out. He had a decision. He could just lay back down and die. Or he could do as he was told and come out. Now, friends, there's something good about doing what Jesus wants you to do. Now, 
I want to pray for everyone this morning that says I've been caved up. So here's what I want you to do first of all. If God has spoke to you through this word this morning, it's not what John King said, it's what God has said to you. You can ignore anything that you feel was from me. But if it's from God, I want you to stand right now and say, yeah, God, you spoke to me this morning. I receive your word, God. I can't duck it. I can't run from it. I can't hide from it. You've spoken to me this morning. I hate the devil. I want you to all come and join me at the front. And don't sit down now because I've seen you. Come on. Come on. Come right up. Jesus. He's calling your name. Oh, he knows your name. He knows your name. He's calling your name. Now, for, for you all to be out of here at our usual time of, of, of 12.30, you know, it's the religious time. That's the time, you know, they tie me down to, say, don't go beyond 12.30. Now, I'm going to have to shift, right? Because I'm going to put my hand on every one of your heads. Now, it's not that I'm anything special, but I am carrying anointing today. I, I'm carrying an anointing from God today. And, and I, I love you. You may not believe this, but if, if no pastor loves you, I love you. Many of you I've known for many years. You're the reason I stay here. Not that I've got anywhere else to go. But I love you. And I believe that we together are people of destiny. I believe that we've got a call of God on our lives. And we can't run from it. Oh, I tell you, some people have run from it. God bless them. I, I pray for them every day that they'll be blessed wherever they are. But they've run from the will of God for their lives. And this morning you saying, God, I'm coming out. I'm going to follow you. And, and I, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to surrender everything to you. I know, I know what you're calling me out of. I'm going to forgive those who I need to forgive. I'm, 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 going to, I'm going to walk in the joy of the Lord and not the sorrow that the enemy tries to put upon me. God says to someone here today, you prayed and prayed and prayed about your marriage. And God wants you to know from today, there is going to be a spiritual breakthrough. And you will tell the story of a remarkable turnaround. Mark today's date, because from today, the turnaround will happen. Uh, or, or it's not that your marriage is over, but you've been living more as brother and sister than you have as man and wife. And God says, I want you living as man and wife. I brought you together to be man and wife, not brother and sister. God says, I'm mending things from today. There is a spiritual depression that has been over your house 
And I break it in the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus.